That's me with Moonwalker Buzz Aldrin. I don't show this picture since I was a bit hefty back then. But I'm proud of it because I set up the whole thing in front of the weatherman screen to make Buzz feel at home. He tried to kiss Rosanna through her helmet. Easy there, Buzz. Got it, bitch. Recording in progress. Well, Matt, I brought you here today. I know it's been a while. I know you've had a horrible couple of weeks again. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but I wanted to bring you here today to make sure we start this podcast off right. And you under you fucking understand, Matt Beery, that Tony Soprano never breaks a pinky promise I'll that break. he makes with a ghost. <laughs> It's true. He doesn't that. What a disappointment that movie is. Many Saints of Newark is the final nail in the coffin of the mafioso genre, man. It is over. The best part was watching Joey Coco Diaz getting his head blown off. <laughs> and, and, and we got another good Ray Liotta laughing, scary laughing scene. Other than that, what the fuck was can, that, dude? Can we talk about how absolutely fucking pointless the twin brother gimmick was? Why was he? Why were they twins? And why was he even in the movie? Why yeah. was the guy in the jail even in the movie? He never did. He never provided anything. No, my boss was like, I guess they just thought they needed to give Leota more screen time, but they definitely needed to kill his character. So they just made a twin brother. One thousand (laughs) percent. Like what in the fuck, man? I can't believe that movie exists. I can't believe that it exists in the way that exists. I also can't believe that they did what they did with Tony Soprano. Like I I feel I don't know, man. I I, and and I don't and I'm not shitting on the actor, um, his son. Uh, his real life son. Uh, I'm not shitting yeah. on what's his what's his name? Michael. Michael, Michael, Michael Gandolfini. McGandolfini. He did what he was directed to do. He looked great. He mm-hmm. uh, every scene was written and he performed those scenes. It's yeah, I just think the problem. I think he did a great job. Is the scenes the scene? Yeah, exactly. He didn't write them. <laughs> Ice cream truck and then hands out free ice cream to all the other little Italian children. Yeah, this is after he got kicked out of school for running a gambling ring. Right. So there's a regression (laughs) of maturity in the crimes. Yeah. So the first hour of the movie, there's some other fucking kid playing Tony Soprano as a littler Tony Soprano. And um. Nobody ever hyped that kid up. I didn't know that kid was in the movie at all. Yeah. I thought we were picking straight up with Michael uh, and we were going to see him actually get made. Yeah, um, I thought this was going to be a story about Tony Soprano. I mean, that's what they told us it was going to be about. Yeah, no, it was the story of Dickie Maltasanti. 
right the uh, christopher's dad little christopher's dad and um boy good lord almighty guys watch the movie because it is it is there for you if you are paying for hbo you need to you need to watch it and then you need to mail you need to write a letter to your senator afterwards (laughs) i think it's man I call it a 50-50 movie because there is some good shit. Yeah, I guess. There is some good shit, but then like the stuff that's not good is so so bad. And I think that it's just like a really the whole movie is a sense of when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And then it ends with a fucking pinky promise with a dead body. A ghost, a ghost, a ghost, because he because the body, we don't actually see the body move. We just see the pinky go up and then Tony takes it and he looks sad. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go to the mafia now. The the whole movie. The Sopranos music plays in the background of this fucking. uh, Oh, yes. Yes. That was the other thing. Woke up this this morning. Woke up. This woke up this morning. Got myself a gun. I shook, just, I shook Dickie's picky. And what a nightmare of a movie. What a <laughs> fucking. You just set a stack of money on fire. I can't believe. I, 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 I'm, I was legitimately. Matt, whatever I saw the pinky promise happen. I rewound it to make sure I actually saw what I saw. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, that's not how the movie ends. This is how the movie ends. We never get, we never see Tony Soprano do anything. First of all, my biggest issue is that they made him out to be a good kid. Yeah. There's, I mean, they show him do all this fucked up shit, but then it's like, I'm going to get my life together. I don't want any part of any of this. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to play that's college where he football. Is. I'm a linebacker. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to get a scholarship and go play football in college. And, and then in the last 30 seconds, he changes his mind, I guess. Pretty much Dickie getting killed. <laughs> Which does add a cool layer of uh, dramatic irony to the junior Tony relationship in the series. Sure. But it does. I mean, I mean, as a story point, as a plot point, I think that kind of fucking rules. But as a script, it didn't rule. Well, does that make sense. Just, oh, no, mean? it's here. We are. This is the George Lucas effect. This is <laughs> this is the prequels. This is the problem with prequels. They're great. When you tell the story, it's great. Right. Yeah. They, the, like when you tell the story, you, uh, it's it's the story of the fall of this um, regime that has lasted for over a thousand generations. And it's all comes down to this one little kid uh, making a series of decisions in his in the mishandling of his upbringing um, leads to this amazing fall throughout the entire galaxy and he then becomes the de facto enforcer to the ruler of the entire world uh all by taking down the jedi that's an and and, and by the way he has a secret romance that uh the entire time where he has these two secret kids and he doesn't know about he accidentally sort of maybe kills his wife we're not sure 
uh, his his best friend is the one that maims him and leaves him to die on the on the coal on the on the coals of Mustafar. This is an amazing story, I'm telling you. Yeah. But then you watch those three movies and you're like, what the fuck? Am I watching right now? They're and this is the very boring. It's newer. <laughs> yeah. It's just like this is so boring. This is so stilted. I can't believe that. Like, oh shit, I'm blanking. Uh, like, like the dude doing the 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 little Stevie impersonation. I wanted <laughs> to push in front of the path train. That like <laughs> that like with the with the wig, and and it's just like get real, man. Get I'll real. Say the guy that did Polly Walnuts, fucking great. Again, not my favorite. I thought he was great. I guess he was. <laughs> I mean, I don't like. I don't like shitting on actors. I just think he was not directed well. I don't know. Oh, there's the or, thing. There. Or written well. Um, man. Anyway, right off the bat, we do not recommend Zeke. Many things in the work. <laughs> Uh, it was a fucking experience, man. It was yeah. an experience for sure. Oh, man. Fuck me running. Wanted to start it off light. Uh, it's, been, <laughs> it's been a heavy, another heavy couple weeks. Matt has a new job yeah. that he is that he's uh, training at. Uh, I will say the new job is I'm live. I'm live, live at five, live on the yeah. floor now, uh, running the place solo for closings. <clears throat> Nice, nice. Um, that has been one of the better parts of the last couple of weeks because I am truly enjoying it. You've been there. It's a great restaurant. The food's fantastic. Yeah, man. The staff is senior and the service is outstanding. Uh, it's just fucking awesome. Um, yeah. Outside of, of that. Town. What's up? Great part of town. Yeah. Um, outside of that, <clears throat> very, uh, a lifelong, true, close, when I say lifelong, I don't mean like we met in fifth grade. I mean, like I've literally knew this girl my entire life, um, was a very close friend of mine, was part of that crew that I grew up with, with Colin and Patrick and Bevins and, and rob and she was she was part of that life homecomings proms river trips college trips baby showers wedding showers weddings the whole nine yards kelsey shabatoni passed away this past monday and it really just fucking snatched my heart out of my fucking chest and can only imagine I, I'm still not a hundred percent at terms with it. I cried for two days straight. I mean, I one day I just like laid in bed all day and ate a bag of candy. Like, yeah, I mean that makes sense. And me. I've been through I've been through a lot of loss. Sorry, my eyes are closed while I'm telling this because I just I don't know. But I've been through a lot of loss recently. I know you have. This makes the fourth death in the last three and a half months. Both my grandmothers, my uncle, and now Kelsey. This one hurts the most because she was my age. She was 33. Like, Nana was 93. 
Mima was in her 80s in bad health. Steve had lung cancer. Right. The, you know, you had time to mentally and emotionally prepare for those people to not be <clears throat> around anymore. I didn't have time to prepare for Kelsey not being around anymore. Yeah. And um it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible losing friends. Yeah. Man. Thank you. Well, I love you've you. been a very you've been a fucking great uh you and Andrea have really supported the living shit out of myself and my friend group. Who you know, you know all these people. You've yeah, partied you know. with all these people. Yeah, they're they're great. And you know, we all have people like you and Andrea helping us get through this. It's horrible, man. It's horrible. It never yeah. gets easier, by the way. It's always gonna be sad. Yeah. You'll just learn how to kind of deal with it. Yeah. Ignore it a little bit. Give it the Bill Bird treatment. Just bury it down until it becomes cancer. <laughs> I mean. A little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really. I, I've I've lost friend. I'm a, my best friend. Not. I'm not trying to make it about myself. But when I was 17, my best friend Zach Jones died real suddenly, and um, it's just uh, it's the worst in the world. And especially because um, you know, I mean, it's even. I, I mean, I was able to go to his memorial. I can't imagine not being able to like have closure. Yeah, because I'm not going to be able to make it. I mean, a lot of my friends are going to listen to this show because this show is dedicated to Kelsey. Of course. A lot of my friends are going to listen to this show. Um, I haven't been able to tell yet that I'm not going to be able to make it to the memorial service because I just uh-huh. start. I just can't. It's uh, something I'm probably going to regret forever. But yeah. I feel like everybody will understand my parents will be there on my behalf. Right. But yeah, it's just, it's just crazy because they're the thing that I would, that, that really fucked me up for years was Zach was, um, and still sometimes gets me is reaching for my cell phone to call him like, or something, you know what I mean? Oh Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'd be, I would be headed home. Um, you know, thinking like, let's get into some shit, and I pick up my brick Nokia, and <laughs> you're painting a great picture. I know exactly in what my you're mom's about. like white Honda going down Beltline, coming up on Guthrie Road, and then it's like. Let's go fucking like vandalize something. Let's go skateboard. Let's and you can't do it. Yeah. And now uh, you know who am I going to text when Altuve blasts a homer in the World Series? Or, you know what right. I mean? <sighs> it's heavy shit. It is. Well, I love you, Kelsey. I mean, you're hearing this wherever you are. Like the best way I could describe this girl was she was a parade of joy. Yeah, she was really fun. She was a connoisseur of good times. <laughs> I wrote a I wrote a thing in the immediate aftermath because I just couldn't process anything. And it's not 
truly a poem, I guess you would say, because it doesn't really follow any real poetic structure. But I wrote it in lines as if it were a poem. Sure. I put it on Facebook for anybody who follows me on Facebook. Um, but I wrote Kelsey. Kelsey was a parade of joy, a carnival of fun, an onslaught of happiness, a connoisseur of good times. I knew her my entire life. I'm better for having known her. I can't believe I'll never see her again. Love you, Kelsey Welsey. Love you, K-Shab McNasty Blasty. Love you, Whiskey Grandma. Whiskey Grandma. Bro, that's a fantastic story. If you got a second. Okay. Now, tell so me. we go on this river trip in like uh, 2008. And we go to the Frio River. We rent this giant fucking house. Um, the backs right up to the Frio River. Now, leading up to this, one of so Kelsey's always been Kelsey Welsey or K Shab. K Shab drunkenly evolved into K Shab McNasty Blasty. <laughs> um, leading up to this, we there been a period of time where we were calling her Murphy. All right, <laughs> Murphy's Law. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and when people would ask why, we would say, well, just, we were like, shit gets fucked up when she's around. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, if are, what, what we would say to people is, you know, if there's a hole, she's going to step in it. <laughs> First fucking night, we get to this river house in Concan, Texas. We're walking through the backyard to go down to the riverbank. And she steps in a fucking hole and breaks her ankle. Oh, God, <laughs> I knew it was coming the moment you describe yeah. what was happening. But then this girl's a trooper. She goes and floats the fucking river the next day. <laughs> gets hammered drunk. Puts on no sunscreen. <laughs> yes, of course. Is hobbled. <laughs> red as a fucking lobster. Just... <laughs> lumbering through the house <laughs> she's been drinking up. beer all day she beer switches to mis- whiskey at night <laughs> whiskey at night and then when we're sitting in the fucking living room of this place and we're like kelsey you need to go lay down babe you are hurt you're hurting <laughs> and then out of nowhere her lobster red ass with her broken leg in a fucking like house dress thing uh-huh. comes just like hobbling hunched over into the living room with a fucking leader of Jack Daniels. Oh my God. And Blake Price just yells, who gave grandma the whiskey? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It never. Amazing. That's so so funny. funny. (laughs) <laughs> uh, there's a million if i had like a couple of other people on here we could just literally do hours of telling <laughs> hilarious stories like that about kelsey and uh, she was the shit man yeah she was the shit and there's one it's like it could seem like passingly insignificant but it's one thing when i always thought about her i always thought about this moment Kelsey was part of the high school drill team, the Stingerettes. Uh-huh. She was a dancer. And my junior and senior year as the de facto actor on campus, 
I was the host of the Stingerette Spring Show. And the spring show would always start with the girls doing like a little prayer circle or prayer circle, you know, like a power circle, whatever you want to call it. Right. A little powwow behind the curtain on stage, you know, just like we probably have done a million times in, in theater. Right. They're all standing around. Everybody's kind of there, you know, everybody's having their own separate conversations. And then through the fucking stage door comes Kelsey and she throws her hands up in the air and says, let's go, ladies. And the whole team lit the fuck up. That's awesome. That was Kelsey. Fuck yeah. What a great person. Yeah. I remember you telling me that you and her sat at the same table in kindergarten. Yeah. And that just imagining you as a little five-year-old <laughs> broke my little with, heart. Obsessed with Power Rangers. Of course. <laughs> Me too. I mean, who wasn't? Dude, Power Rangers your, rocked. What was your favorite Power Ranger? Um, I always was partial to the Green Ranger. Green, baby. Green is green, the best green, one. Green. And not the like white. Him. Not when he went white. No. Better when he was green. Kind yeah. of evil. Yeah, exactly. There were layers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now this episode's dedicated to Kelsey. She can hear me out there. I love you. I'll never stop loving you. You're the best. Any other good stories? <laughs> um, I had we you and I actually. I hate to break this news to you on the podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of other good stories. I should have written some down because uh, now I'm. You know, it's one of those things. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll or try to... it, What news were you about to break to me? Um, we, you and I have suffered a loss here in New oh. York City. What we really? Yeah. What happened? The watering hole shut down. No. Yeah. Man. Fuck. The watering hole is gone forever. The guys pour one out for the homies that left before us. What the fuck? Yeah, that place was immortal. That place was the best industry bar in the fucking town ever. Yes, ever. Beats the that shit place. out of every industry bar I went to when I worked in restaurants in Austin. Yes. All of them in the Upper East Side. Absolutely. Brooklyn. Like, it there's was no place like that place. Nothing like the watering hole, dude. You Golly. go in there. You go in there at midnight, 1 a.m., and every seat at the bar was nothing but fucking Gramercy, Union Square, servers, bartenders, bussers, and runners, and hosts. And, and ABC... Bussers, waiters, bartenders, hosts. Oh, yeah. I'm Alina. I'm at the Gramercy Union Square neighborhood. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant my bad. Just the Danny, just the Danny. Oh, yeah. I forget that there's two Danny Meyer restaurants there with those two names. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I just like that neighborhood, those two neighborhoods. Right. Like that's where every, that's where everybody was. And then there'd be like the weird bridge and tunnel people that would come in for karaoke. Yeah. They'd come in for karaoke. And they would, God, weird is so the best funny. 
weird is the most politically correct way to describe some of these fucking people <laughs> without also incriminating ourselves too much. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> I remember one night we were there having a blast. I think it was uh-huh. your birthday. It was me, you and Shay. Uh-huh. And I think some other people filtered in and out, but the three constants were you, I and Shay. Um, or you, Shay and I, um, and they were doing karaoke and we were tuned up. Uh-huh. And I tried my best to sing uh, Learn to Fly by the Foo Fighters. <laughs> and like I was god awful. And I felt <laughs> I was like, God damn it, guys, that sucked. And the girl running karaoke goes, Oh, it's karaoke. Get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then you did uh, float on. Yes. And you were like, got to do it right, bro. And I was, it was gotta, fucking rad. You got to sing it like fucking Isaac. You got to just go for it. That's the best part of my, about Modest Mouse. Their lead singer can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> I got a video of you doing that. No, don't yeah. ever post that. And you're just like, <laughs> you're just Isaac yelling. <laughs> flailing and sweating uh, speaking of isaac i got to see isaac play float on yes the recently. mouse you saw the mouse that is modest they were great they were really tight they were like tight as fuck which is not what i'm used to with them at all i feel they like used- they went through something like they went through yeah. something where they like said let's, let's get, get it together yeah He's suddenly very serious about things. And he all it was it was an interesting show. I mean, they played all the fuck they they played something from almost every single album. I think um they there's like this run after like Moon in Antarctica of like EPs that he just totally ignores, but um on live shows and has for like the past five years. But um he but this one he he hit every main LP and really like kind of made me enjoy some of the uh, more of the songs from Strangers to Ourselves, the 2014 or 2015 album that came out. Yeah, six years ago, and like those were really those were really uh sh- shockingly good. I, I'm not a huge fan of that album. Uh, but he, whenever I saw him play it live, it was really good. He also, Isaac was like shredding. Really? Like shredding in one, just, just in one song. Yeah. But, and he's a good <laughs> guitar player. Like Isaac's a very talented guitar player. He plays these plinky, groovy lyric, uh, like licks while also singing. And so he's good at playing guitar. I'm not insulting his guitar playing or skills but i've never heard him go like diddly, 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 diddly. and he went diddly, diddly this he, time around he <laughs> yeah yeah and it was like who the fuck like, i literally didn't even realize it was him at first i thought it was their new guitarist doing it and i was like well that's kind of a weird ad- addition and then i looked and it was like oh that's isaac doing that <laughs> while singing by the way while singing and shredding it was fuck pretty yeah. impressive i mean he He's uh, it was it was great. It was really fun. 
and doing the cockroach was just like satanic. It was fucking <laughs> unreal. He just got so fucking like, uh, like evil and loud during that song, like they always do. Oh, and you know who damn near stole the show though was Future Islands. <laughs> oh yeah, you yeah you mentioned that they were there as well. Have you ever listened to them? Do you yes, know anything yes. about? Actually, them? I've listened to them with Emmy. Yeah, she, Emmy's the one that showed me them back she in the showed day. Up, she, she bought tickets the, to the concert that day because I was like, Future Island is opening up for them. And then she was like, oh, I have to see them. <laughs> like, have you ever seen them live? No, I never have. I was so, supposed to one time and it just never materialized. So the first time I ever listened to them was when I saw them open for the National in like 2018, 2019, okay. sometime a few years ago. And my, I was with Emmett, who would always nice. hook me up with these awesome concert tickets. And Emmett Joe started, George, shout yeah, out. Joe George, Joe George, what up, buddy? You should listen to this podcast, even though you, I'm positive that you don't. Um, he's got a kid. He's got a kid. He's got a kid. Um, what was I just saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, Emmett turns to me, and he just goes, have you ever seen these guys before? And I was like, no. He goes, just, get, just strap in. Dave Letterman's a big fan. And I was like, that's a random fucking thing to say. And then they go on like their live shows are a journey. Like <laughs> the dude, the lead singer. I'm gonna look up his name real quick. Uh, come on, Google Future Islands. Singer. Is called Samuel T. Herring. He is sounds like a fucking novelist. He is like on a like Matt. This dude is like, what if Mick Jagger went super Saiyan? Oh, my. In terms of just movement around the stage. At one point, he's he's singing. He's singing it while doing high kicks. He's got the mic jammed up against his mouth and his legs are just going up and down as he's walking across the stage. Doing high kicks like rockets, like rocket style like that. And then after that, he just starts jumping and then writhing his body and like doing the worm in a sideways way so that you could see it against the backdrop, which, by the way, the backdrop was there's four members of the band. This was four just white islands sticking, coming up out of the ground that they then projected a light show on the onto from behind them. The other members of the band are just standing perfectly still the entire time. And, and the music just gets so fucking like chaotic and loud. And it's like, it's like you've, you've listened to them. It's like, it's like dance music, but emo and rock rocked yeah. up. And then, and, you, and then you listen to him and you know that he'll randomly start like doing that sort of death metal growl. Yeah. Watching Scott Butterfield watch this band was so much fun. Like Scott Butterfield, oh, I got to know is, what he thought about it. Like Scott, I, I just I because I said I turned to him and said the exact same thing that Emmett said to me. I was like, "Have you ever seen these guys?" And he's like, "No." And I was like, "You're gonna let, strap in." Dave Letterman's a big fan, and uh, which is true, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Dave, hey, Dave loves rock and roll, man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think they went on his show like four times and each time Dave is like out of his seat 
immediately running to the stage and shaking their hands saying that was great. Anyway, my dad, for those of you, who, I mean, I think everyone that's list, about half the people listening to this know my dad. My dad is one of the more legendary laughers and, <laughs> and one of the most one of the more one of the better audience members of oh, any. Hell yeah. Anyone I know. I mean, it does. I mean, especially if I'm in the production, but like, well, the, many even, plays he, I've been in, he really helped me. Oh, yeah. And it's not even he's not even thinking of it as help. He just enjoys the hell out of himself all the time. <laughs> that's fuck, yeah. Hey, that's <laughs> a fucking outstanding way to describe the man. I've yeah. I've had some good fucking times with this guy. He just he's if he's watching something, he's usually liking it. Like, yeah. especially if it's live entertainment, he loves it. And so watching him watch this dude just lose his mind on stage was so much fun. He's bowled over laughing. He turns to me. He's like, the lyrics are changing my life. I was like, what are they? He's like, I have no fucking idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing about Future Islands. What the fuck is this? Is Mr. Herring saying? <laughs> one of the songs I know he's saying, I was I've been waiting for you. That's about all I can pick out. The rest of it is just like, Jesus change <laughs> here. <laughs> like it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what is going on? I've been waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> but then they bring down the fucking house. Like everyone is just on their feet. Like at first, obviously, some people don't know who they are and are people are weirded out because he's such a weirdo. But then they just completely annihilate everything. And like and it's just like, holy shit, I can't believe Modest Mouse is playing next. And the first thing Isaac does uh, when he comes out there is uh, he plays. I forget what he opened with, but he, I think he opened with. um a pretty like energetic song. And then he just went straight into this other, the second, the second out, the second song that they played, which is a continuation sort of mashed into the first song. He goes straight into a different city, which if you haven't heard that one, Matt um, is one of the more aggressive, modest mouth songs. <laughs> like, and it's just like, like, and it's, and it's all about like, I want to move to the city and just abandon everything and live by myself and talk out of my asshole and take out yeah. my eyeballs and roll, roll around on the ground. And, and all the, and it's a talk, through the cracks. It's a, it's a rocking dark fucking song. And you could tell Isaac was just like, I need to let these motherfuckers know who they came to see. Nah. You came to see modest mouse y'all. And they, he just, again, like he matched future islands level and just completely melted our faces with the first two tracks of the opening of their set. So it was just a fucking fantastic night out. Fantastic night of rock and roll. Um, but I will say, I did notice they tightened up a lot, which kind of um, took away from some of the fun aspects of uh, Modest Mouse shows in the past. But I would um, maybe uh, here's a, a theory alongside with this kind of seem uh, seemingly new focus that they have. Uh -huh. Maybe being on the road with a band like Future Islands is making them say, "We got to step the fuck up." Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. 
also the fact that they like were the openers in their last tour for the black keys i think was kind of an eye-opening thing for them and even before that they were opening for brand new i saw modest mouse open for brand new at madison square garden and i just felt like that was way out of order i i yeah i feel like i I know way more people. I mean, like, I'm not talking like a few. I mean, like, I know infinitely more people that are like diehard Modest Mouse fans than I know people that even liked brand new. It's not even like that they have more diehard fans. It's well, that just, yeah. they have a radio hit. They Not only do they have a radio hit, they have more than one radio hit. Yeah, and brand I can't new even tell that. you a brand new song. I mean, I could because I'm a big brand new fan, or at least I was until I found out Jesse Lacey kept child porn on his phone. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brand what new you want about is Isaac? Over. At least he didn't do that. He just <laughs> never. There's never. Well, there in the '90s, some woman accused him of assault, but he wasn't in the same city the night that she accused him of him doing it. Oh, okay. So it, well, so it, not even worth like, mentioning, right? Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I remember learning that right after that happened, right before I started getting into them, and that was kind of hanging over his head for a few years. Ah. Um. But uh, anyway, what was I just saying? Um. Uh, what was I just saying? I was talking about Modest Mouse and Brand New, and it was just like I, I just felt like that was way out of order. I also saw them play at uh, Force Hill Stadium. And I would have thought that that would have been a much better venue for brand new to be the headliner because they're from Long Island. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're Nassau Coliseum. I don't know. But like why MSG was that show? Was that MSG show? Was it sold out or um, uh, probably not? I was able okay. to get tickets like an hour beforehand. OK. From Ticketmaster. Uh, I think I just walked up to the box office and bought it. Okay, then yeah, it was not sold out. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and this show that the show last week was not sold out at all. Oh yeah. Oh no, a Toyota Music Factory. It's a pretty good venue actually. Hey guys, uh, quick I've heard announcement. Great things about that venue. Quick announcement: uh, If the if your venue that you're going to, even if it's in the state of Texas, has anything to do with Live Nation, you need to bring your vaccination cards. Learn that the sudden way. Oh God! I I get there and they're like, you can't get in without your vaccination cards or negative tests. And I was just like, uh, okay. And I didn't want to take a test. I don't know, just because I was like, I didn't feel sick, and um. It was kind of a scramble. They also are not letting women in. They are not letting women bring purses in. You have to bring a clear, clear bag. bag. Yeah. Yes. This is uh, it's cutting across the uh, entertainment landscape. What the fuck is that about? Guns? A lot of that. Kind of, I mean, name it. Fucking name it. Guns, knives, vapes, drugs. I just think it's odd that they targeted women. I think it's everybody. I mean, I guess. Guys guys have to follow the same rule, too. Yeah, but we don't have purses. It's the same at MetLife Stadium. But we don't have purses. No, but we do backpacks and shit like that. 
totes. That's like how many guys are bringing a backpack though? That's true. I'm just saying, everybody's got to follow the same rule. I I know. I just thought it was weird. And Emmy, she gets there. She had no clue that that was a rule, and she just like she had. A, luckily, she didn't care about the purse she had. She's just like, I'm just gonna dump this thing because no. it, it belonged. <laughs> well, it belonged. Her mom gave it to her, and it was a used purse. Called her mom saying like, "Hey, do you care about this purse?" And her mom was like, "I gave it to you because I didn't care about it." And then he was her, like, "All right, cool." Her mom's cool solved. as fuck, by the way. I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you met her mom, but no, not yet. <laughs> both their parents are are real sweet people. I've I've talked to her mom more. I've had yeah. more conversations with her mom, but they're both yeah. real cool people. So just a heads up, ladies and gentlemen, bring you got to bring that fucking uh, vaccination card with you. You cannot not have it. Doth not forget. You have to bring your papers. We're all gonna die. It's our only guarantee. Just to pass the time, I suggest you listen to me. It's the Matt on that podcast recommended. All right, give it to us. I'm gonna be what's probably a little basic because this shit's dominating the current zeitgeist. But you go, you motherfuckers, gotta watch Squid Game. If okay. you're on the fence, if you have not watched it. Watch this shit. Okay. It's so fucking good. Have you seen it yet? I've seen a few episodes. I okay. can only handle one episode. I can handle an hour of that at a time. Oh, really? Because we watched it straight fucking through. I know everybody is. I don't I don't understand how y'all are doing that. It's 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 tough. <laughs> the performances are all just so like, especially the lead guy. He's just so like like he's so much. Um that it's hard to take for a full hour and all the other fucked up things that are going on. Um, and just how disturbing it is. I mean, it's just, yeah. well, I mean, I love it. I love I it. Loved it. Look, it's great. It's great. Go on. Continue. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just, you know, the question to my mind is like, well, here comes South Korea. Bro. Just fucking dominating. Just killing it. Remember a few Dude. years ago when like everything good was coming out of Mexico? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The torch has been passed to South Korea. These motherfuckers know how to make movies. Bruh. Like, and not just make movies, but make them so unbelievably well. Yeah. I mean, these and these actors are amazing. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times with American stuff that we digest, a lot of times, especially when it comes to like Oscar season, you're either heralding a performance or the script or mm -hmm. the direction. Mm -hmm. It's always very rarely are you like a whole thing's good. Yeah. But with these like batch of fucking outstanding work coming out of South Korea in the last few years. Everything is good. Everything is good. Everything I've seen come out, out of there. And granted, it's not a lot. I haven't seen a ton, but all that I have seen is just like on a level that I can't believe exists. Yeah. Like Parasite is goddamn near the perfect movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, 
it's got everything. Very rarely do I think I'm going to see a movie that I'm automatically going to place up there with my personal favorites of Godfather 1 and 2, Goodfellas, The Big Lebowski. Parasite. Parasite is in that fucking that that, that realm level. like like that guy Bong, Bong Joon Ho is just and he's such a rock star also yeah and, and that's the that the other thing is that like I love the it, I don't know the it's it whenever they are over here they're just kind of like yeah we've been doing this mm-hmm. well, yeah we've been here is the attitude that I get a lot of times whenever they come over here for award shows. And it's like, yeah, that is earned. You have been here. What the fuck? How am I just now learning that these people know how to like just exist on screen? I mean, it's insane. And, and I, and, and more credit to what I was just talking about with like that main guy's performance. He's like so extreme and so energetic. And I mean, he, he puts in everything, but then, Whenever he goes home and is dealing with his daughter and stepdad and ex-wife and he's so it just looks like they are in the middle of someone's house. Yeah, it's so real. Slice of life. So the other thing I've noticed, they are not worried about casting Uggos. No, not at all. They cast everybody. They want shit to look real. Yes, and I love it. Like yeah. these people are like obviously there are beautiful Korean people in Squid Game, but yeah. like there's also a ton of just fucking people, like yeah, that are weird looking or hunched over or damaged or whatever, like fat. You, you know, like like it's 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 amazing what they do. I mean there's not a whole ton of like racial diversity in it, but like, uh, well, I mean, it's, but like, it's but a homogenous body, country. I understand. <laughs> I understand why there's not a whole lot of uh, racial diversity, but there is diversity just in how people look, because going back to what you were saying about American Oscar season, we like, everybody's beautiful here. That's in movies. Everybody's beautiful. Nobody's not beautiful. Even the ugly people are beautiful. Even Luis Guzman, has like a beauty to him, even yeah. though he looks like a fucking warthog. He's a beautiful warthog. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's a and the fat people aren't actually fat. They're not fat. They're, like, they just have our, a round yes. face. Right. They're not fat. Like uh, <laughs> you go back that? and watch Seinfeld. Jason Alexander was supposedly like this fat undesirable one. fat bastard. And he's yeah. like a, probably like a size 32, 32 waist. Yeah. And he's got a round face and he's bald. Other yeah. than that, George has fucking fits. Mm-hmm. That dude, that dude could dress. He knew how to dress well for a quote unquote big dude. He dressed well. He was funny. He was creative. George Costanza was a catch, ladies and gentlemen. That's why he dated Marissa Tomei. Anyway, hot take. Um, Go back back to Squid Game. It's also so I'm only a few episodes in, so don't spoil too much for me. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm just going to tell everybody that you got to watch it and you need to get on this South Korean 
art train, train because they to. are I so I feel like such a dickhead that it took me that like it took the greatest movie in the it took one of the greatest movies in the history of all time for me to look at someone yes. and go, oh, you guys make good shit, huh? Well, you like, guys have been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I mean, I'll give credit where it's due. Obviously, this, you know, this type of music is not made for us. Mm -hmm. But when you see something dominate in such a fashion as K-pop and like beat you know, groups like BTS. Right. It's like, OK, obviously they're doing something right for their genre. Right. So it's like right. mad, mad respect. It's obviously, like I said, you know, it's not for guys like right. us, but for who I'm it's not for, fan, they but love it. <laughs> it is what it is. And it's super successful for a reason. Yeah. Um, I have a recommend as well. Uh, go see the last duel. It oh, is yeah, you were texting me. Fucking rad. Now, right at the top, the whole thing is about a brutal rape. So Please. trigger warning. Trigger warning. Big trigger warning. You have warned it's, my trigger. It's it's rough. It gets really, really rough. Adam Driver is a real stinker in this one. He's he's not enjoyable to watch. I mean, he is enjoyable to watch. You know, push me over, you giant dresser. What does John Oliver say? Yes. <laughs> you know, push it, me over, you giant dresser. <laughs> However he talks. Um, uh, I mean, he's still Adam Driver. He's still big and muscular. And goddamn, it's like, whoa, where? what the hell? Am I gay? No, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> But he not is not that there's anything wrong with not that, that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but like, uh, but he is no bueno in this. Also, Ben Affleck is dressed like he is the lead singer of Crazy Town in the oh. middle of this. <laughs> come, my lady, come, come, my lady. And it's pretty amazing because this takes place <laughs> in 1385 <laughs> <laughs> so his his performance is a little confusing he, but he's doing his best and he's really doing it he's really doing that athletic thing but matt damon matt damon matt damon is at his Matt Damonist <laughs> at that note. Like he his character is so unbelievably well fleshed out. So he gets the most screen time, I would probably say. Okay. Um, but they what they're doing is giving three different accounts of this relationship between Matt Damon and Adam Driver and the rape of Matt Damon's wife. Fucking shit. And it's real brutal. It's really not good. And then they, they eventually have it out as uh, a trial by combat to see if it's true or not. And that gets the way that that plays out is hard to watch. It is so violent and so like, like think Roman Polanski's Macbeth, like just Jesus Christ, but on steroids. Um, but they go through these this event one by one, and it's really or character by character, and you see all of the subtle differences in the story. Yeah, and it's like they'll show the same frame of a, of a shot, and it's just amazing to see how because you know there's always two there's three sides to every event, 
your side, yeah. their side, and then the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, the woman's account is very much implied that that's the truth. Um, it's very much Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, like distancing themselves from Harvey Weinstein as much as possible um, is what is the impression that I got from them making this movie because they are two of the three main writers on the script. It is a, a Ben Affleck and Matt Damon project. Um, but it, man, is it something else? It, it's and it looks so real. It's so brutal, like and grounded. And I mean, these people, they all look like they actually are alive in the 1300s going through this awful account of this awful thing that happens and it covers decades and all these different wars and there's all these, I mean, it's, it's very sort of like, you know, it's a dad movie. There's arguments Uh. about, there's arguments about land, you know, (laughs) my property line. (laughs) I mean, that's, you just quoted one of the lines in the movie. Like, like that's me. (laughs) Yeah. That's, but it's interesting as fuck because it's, it's like be, there will just be because, blood that land's been had. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but it's interesting as fuck to watch and they do it really well. And again, uh, the performances are just exquisite out of these guys. The woman I, I should look up the woman's name, too, because uh, she, she was also incredibly brave. I mean, she just like. Um, to have to shoot that scene as many times as she had to have done it is just um uh unreal to think about and really like scary jody comer or comer probably not comer right (laughs) 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 it might be comer but i don't know i don't know her that well (laughs) i don't know her in that way and oh and that's a big point of the that's a big point in the movie people are always asking her does he make you come Literally, because they have a hard time uh, conceiving a child. And uh, they're like, you can only really do it if you have a little death like your husband does. And she's clearly struggling to have one. Good God. I mean, for sex for women back then. Was not great, was not a great experience. It's usually with you're usually like 13 years old the first time it happens to you and it be and you just got married to like a 45 year old man. You're his third wife. The other two are dead. (laughs) You know, like it's not an ideal situation for a lot of women back then. Yeah. And like your husband died in a war and you had to marry his brother. Yeah, that kind of shit. And then you got to go fuck his brother. And you're just like, I didn't marry this motherfucker. I married that other motherfucker. This motherfucker's a broke ass bitch with this nasty dick. Looks a lot like his other than my husband's dick, but it's a little different and weirder. He doesn't bathe often enough. <laughs> his butt stinks. So it's oh, he's a trying really to get me movie. to eat his scrum. Yeah. <laughs> so go see The Last Duel. I also saw it at the now canceled Alamo Draft House. And um, fucking loved it. God damn. Hell yeah. I, I, hate that they're can- I hate that they're canceled now. They're not. They're still in business. Well, I know. <laughs> oh. Cancellation is fake, 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 fake. 
You want to you want to drop a don't at me, bro? Oh, I've got it. I've got a don't at me, bro. Okay. What's yours? Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. Do it. DoorDash delivery people, Grubhub delivery people, <laughs> Postmates delivery people. Oh no, he's back in the restaurant biz. Everybody, do no. Oh, this uh, this is uh, to do with work. This is oh, personal. Okay. <laughs> do not mark the order complete before you fucking drop the food. Oh, big no no, big do no no, big no no. Don't do that, guys. I've got shit to do today, okay? I just want you to know that. I've got to record a show, which, I, hey, this is the highlight of my day. I don't mean like, I got to do this. This is the best part of my day. Hands down, recording this show. But, you know, I got to make it fit in the lexicon of my life today. Absolutely, absolutely. Which I means you. that I got rec- to eat something so uh-huh. that I don't come onto this show shit and fire. Uh-huh. But, or, you know, I mean that not in the pooping way, uh-huh. um, but I got to eat something. Then I get you're going to record, you know, walk the dog, iron a shirt, take a shower, be out the door by 215 Eastern time to be at work at 245. Right. You got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. And trying and to you get a hold fucker. You're late. Number one. Number one. And number two. It says order complete, which I, you know, it's like, okay, they don't always knock because I have the leave at the door, please thing selected, uh-huh. which they don't always do either. Right. I'm like, okay. So I go over nothing, step out into the hallway, nothing in the hallway. There's nothing there. I'm like, okay, time to report this to DoorDash. Right. What happens? I text the driver and it says, I said, hey, you marked it complete, but there's nothing. There's no order. And it just says scene. And I'm like, oh, this maybe this guy's still coming. Uh-huh. So I step outside and here he comes around the corner. He's like, and he just goes here. Uh, uh, like, uh, Bro, you're the one that marked it complete 10 fucking minutes ago. Uh-uh. No. Motherfucker. That would have guy. That guy would have gotten motherfucked by me. Uh, he got a, a big, fat, nasty dog shit review. Good. He should. I'm not a big reviewer guy because obviously I'm in the restaurant industry. No. But like fuck this that, guy man. did nothing to rectify the situation. No. Didn't even say sorry about that. Here you go. Yeah. That would have been at least an acknowledgement. Could have at least lied to me and say, hey, I didn't mean to hit that button. Right. How hard is it to lie? It's so easy to lie. Hey, you know how many times I tell people the kitchen's backed up when <laughs> my server just forgot to put the order in? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, and it's and it's a fine answer. That's yeah. fine to say. It's like, hey guys, I'm so sorry. The kitchen got real slammed. Um, I want to take care of a round of drinks for you. Yeah. When really the server forgot to put the order in. And right. Like, and it's I, like, I, oh, I, like okay, don't fucking do that again, but I will cover for you. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> we're all in this together. <laughs> Good Lord. um so doordash drivers that do that shit don't at me all right and mine you're gonna love 
Uh, don't at me, Dave Chappelle. Oh, God. Here. He yeah, goes. man, we're, we're talking about it. We're talking about it. Here's the deal. I watched that special and I'm, I'm going to keep this as brief as I possibly can. I uh, I watched that whole special like everybody told me you had to do in order to get his point of view and his point of view sucks. And that's the beginning and end of it. Um, uh, I do like a, a lot of the beginning of the special. He brings up a lot of really good points about uh, the civil rights movement in terms of uh, what the what gay people have been uh, been able to accomplish and how racism has um, fueled a lot of that progress, which is true, I think, and something that is rarely talked about. Um, I know a lot of racist gay people, believe it or not. Um, and so I and that was something that he brought up, which I thought was interesting and valid. But then he goes on to say that he agrees with J.K. Rowling. He also parades this one person's. Um, he, like, he used to have this opener that was a trans person in San Francisco uh, who died by suicide eight days after posting a tweet saying that I understand that David says some controversial things about trans people, but in my experience, he's always been really nice to me. Eight days later, she died by suicide and he sort of like blames everybody, but the person that pulled the trigger or um, doesn't really bring into any sort of context of the fact that people who do that usually have more than one thing going on. And it wasn't because of the Twitter mob necessarily that that happened. That may have played a role and been a, been a catalyst and not helped at all by any stretch of the imagination. But people who do that sort of thing are not there's there's been a history, right? Like there's you can't just blame it on the woke mob on Twitter. <laughs> like grow the fuck up, Dave. He also calls himself the goat of comedy. At one point in the special, I and, I mean, I took that a little more tongue in cheek when I saw it. Mm, I did. I did. Nothing else was tongue in cheek. That's <laughs> like, that's the thing about it is that if he had if he had been less serious about everything else he was saying, um, I would have I would have uh, had a, it would have left a better taste in my mouth. I was. And by the way, he is one of the goats. I'm not going to lie. I'm not even arguing that point. I'm just saying. Don't fucking say that about yourself. <laughs> like, come on. Unless it's like more subtle. Like, or, like if you're Simone Biles and you have a goat embroidered into your um, your uniform, that's fine. I'll allow that. That's cute. But to go on stage and be like, I let I did. I was such a good person because I let a mentally ill trans person open for me. And I'm the greatest of all time. Look at how good of a person I am. It's just like fucking relax a bit, Dave. First of all, you haven't actually told a structured joke in 40 minutes. Second of all, uh, there's other goats. It's subjective. <laughs> there's there's lots of goats in comedy. Um, so relax a bit. I don't know. He also, uh, whenever he finally just says, I want you all to stop punching down at comedians. I'm like, get real, dude. You have $20 million in the bank. You tour and fill arenas. 
There's you're not being punched down upon by the woke mob on Twitter. You're fine. It's like what you just said. He's not canceled. Everything's fine for Dave Chappelle. He's doing better than he has ever done before. Yeah. Don't at me, bro. (laughs) Cancel culture doesn't exist. Twitter is not a real place. And I watched the special and I, I feel like it's just a whole lot of things that I consider a tale of two worlds. Tale of two films. Dear Evan Hansen, tale of two films. What? What are we talking about? The special was a tale of two cities. Okay. Okay. The front half is really fucking funny. Dave Chappelle special. And the back half is him trying to make a point that he feels he has to make. And I'm like, why make this point? That's the other thing. It's like, why do you care so much about whether or not people agree with you on this? I don't think it's a agreeing thing. I think it's that he's pissed off that he's been painted with a certain brush. But he's done it himself. I mean, he he says those jokes. He tells those jokes. And yeah. they are what they and are. He looks he so. I don't think they're the end of the world, but they are. No, trans- I don't think he is the- transphobic like he is. It's not the end of the world that he is, but he is. Yeah, well, he's looking at it as jokes that he's telling, and they're looking at it as him denying that this community should have rights. And he's like, I never fucking said that. Yeah. Yeah, well. You're looking at, you're saying it transphobic in the sense that it is derogatory towards the trans community. Because he is. Okay, that's. I understand that and I agree with that. His aggression, I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to work through this mentally as well. I'm not oh, saying yeah. uh-huh. I agree with him or whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. trying to look at all the different sides and why he might have done what he did in the latter half of that special. And I think his aggression is that he was very heavy handily painted with a brush that says that he, Oh, people think Dave Chappelle thinks that trans people shouldn't exist, don't exist, and shouldn't have rights. He does. Which, which is when when you say something is a phobia or an ist, like that's the immediate thing that comes to a lot of people's heads. You're a racist. Black people shouldn't have rights. You're a homophobe. Gay people shouldn't have rights. I hate well, these people. Well, I mean... So I think he's got a big time axe to grind because he was painted with that brush. He does deny the existence of like gender dysmorphia. He did do that in that special. He said, I believe gender is a fact. Yeah. uh, Which negates the existence of trans people. He also never brings up uh, trans women, black black trans women who are usually the most targeted and most uh, they, 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 they bear most of the brunt of all, of all of the violence targeted towards trans women. And um, he just never brings that up at all. Mm. He never, he, which to me is a big misstep. If he's going to look, if he's going to turn into what he is doing, which, which he's turning into a preacher, he's turning into 
someone that's not making jokes as much anymore. And um, which is fine, but it is what it is. And and so if he's going to do that, then he needs to start covering his bases and he needs to start paying attention to what, who, what it is he's actually doing, who it is he's potentially harming. And I mean, to go on, go on stage and be like, I'm team turf after explaining that, you know, what a turf is. That's just like, go fuck yourself. Dave Chappelle, like, like grow up. Like, why are you? Why are you siding with uh, with J.K. Rowling? Like, are you a nerd? <laughs> are you a fucking nerd? She's she wrote the, the wizard books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, just trying to like trying to figure out what his mindset could have been going into it. It's just well, he's he talks about how well he complains about Twitter. And as far yeah. as I know, Dave Chappelle is not even on fucking Twitter. What is, I mean, what is his Twitter account? Right. Does he have one? I don't know. I legitimately don't well, even he know says, if he has one. What he says about them is, and I don't give a fuck what Twitter says because Twitter is not a real place. But then he goes on to complain about Twitter for 45 minutes. <laughs> so I don't believe that he does because yeah, every bit, every single bit of controversy and negative opinion about him pretty much only exists in or because of twitter right right everywhere else the rest of the world loves them well the yeah well a lot of like the new york times does not like dave chappelle new york York times is the new york times um yeah i mean they're confusing it's like are you guys evil republicans or are you just uh (laughs) they're trend they're trend chasers they always have been they always will be whatever is the hot thing to be behind that's what they're going to be behind. Good they're only behind mess. it to sell papers. Yeah. They only support the trans community because they want to sell papers. They only support the gay community because they want to sell papers. They, they only, only support the Iraqi war because they want to sell papers. They it, only... was, it was a real good. We forget it. It was, <laughs> it was really profitable to be pro Iraq war in 2003. Oh, it's, baby. It's, was we it ever get to think about that? It was it ever. <laughs> and they pushed it. They pushed it. The New York Times pushed all of those stories about WMDs. Anyway, back to Dave Chappelle. Um, <laughs> that's really just my don't at me, bro. I'm still look. I got a lot of love for Dave. He changed the. He has done so much in my life that uh, as and and he's never met me and has no idea that I exist. Uh, but he's been a huge influence throughout my entire childhood and adulthood. Uh, I just am bummed out to see him go this way i'm kind of glad he's going to be taking a break i hope that he does a little bit more reflecting i hope maybe next time he comes out we get more silliness and more jokes and more and a little bit less preachiness unless it's about something that really like matters i don't know like his like his um 8 846 special was amazing yeah and that wasn't that was another one of those where there were no jokes. He was mostly preaching. There was some pretty funny shit in it, though. That shit he, he said about Candace really Owens funny. was pretty goddamn hilarious. I mean, he was still <laughs> very funny, but I mean, I had a lot of funny preachers growing up. That's true. That's true. Or at least preachers that thought they were funny. David Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wig wearing charlatan. Um, anyway. <laughs> 
charlatan. What a um, what a drop. <laughs> anyway, we got to wrap this up. I got to get I ready know. to go to work. I'm sorry. I, gotta, I could sit here and talk all day. <laughs> I got I'm getting a massage in a couple hours and I want to get my 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 apartment uh kind of cleaned up so that I can just like when I get back from my massage like, you know, like take a chill pill and like watch a movie. You know what I'm saying, bro? Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Matt on Matt Pod. Uh, please do so. You can follow me at Twitterfield on Twitter at Matters on Instagram. Uh, I am very sort of picky about who I'm allowing to follow me there. So uh, please don't be a robot. Uh, please. What else we got? We got the we have the mail. We got the mail. Let's look the mail. Any mail? Let's see. Check in the mail. Nothing, Nothing. that I see slut shaming episode that's from a while back isn't it of course we haven't done one of these in a while yeah slut shaming episode was quite a while ago yeah okay so I'm in the wrong email <laughs> so no 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 mail no mail you can email us at matt on matt pod at gmail.com um when's this one going out beers um this one's gonna go out i mean i can put it out as soon as you want i don't care Okay. Do, do whatever you're going to do. Um, what else you got? Um, at MattBerry06 on Twitter, at MattBerry06 on Instagram, uh, MattOnMattPod at gmail.com, at MattOnMattPod on Twitter. Hit us up, follow us, talk to us. We want to talk to you. We want to mm -hmm. touch you mm -hmm. in a spiritual way. Mm -hmm. And if you're a single lady out there, let Matt Butterfield touch you <laughs> in a physical up. way. Shut the fuck up. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I think that's it. We're the best. Yes, we are. Love you. Love you too. Or where. <laughs>